Well, hello and welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. Wherever you are around Australia or around the world, we really appreciate the time that you take out of your day, your monthly week, to tune in to Scott and myself as we bring you our love of golf. Our love of golf is your love of golf, of course. And yes, of course, we're back for another week. It's a big week uh, because we hit the Pro-Am circuit again. We love this time of the year because uh, we usually get an invite and the team Bushnell's back and uh, Scott's lined up this year. We're going to hear all about that and a little bit of the golf that's happened in the world and the golf coming up and the tapes results and all of the good stuff that we love tuning in about. Let's bring him in. Carter, welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast. Thanks for choosing to join us again. Uh, now the host of your very own uh, series, episode one, series one of uh, Cart Path Only. Uh, Scott, welcome back. How are you? Oh, thank you, Roscoe. Yeah, no, it's good to be here. I'm very busy with that new series, mate. It's keeping me up, uh, keeping me very busy during the day. So um, I'm, I'm glad I could find time to join again this week. But uh, but no, mate, um, thank you very much. It's good to be here. Uh, if you haven't caught Scott's Car Path Only edition of the My Love of Golf podcast. So it's effectively potentially has the opportunity to grow into a separate episode of the My Love of Golf. It's obviously going to be published and has been published under the My Love of Golf banner. We love that. It's like somewhat like, you know, tuning into your favorite TV channel and, and getting to choose between shows. That's the sort of idea. Uh, if you haven't listened to Scott's episode one, series one of the Car Path Only uh, with Sid Nadimpali, who you've heard us talk about as his rise through the amateur ranks um, of recent times has, has risen, his stocks have risen, he's playing great golf. Scott had the opportunity to chat with Sid. It's a great listen. Scott's first episode of hosting his own show uh, and let's, his, his, let's hope that there's uh, many more because it certainly adds to the content pool and after spending a week with uh, arguably, no, not arguably, I'm going to say it, after spending, a week, after spending a week in the company of uh, the world's greatest podcasts and golf media uh, people, Tim at Low Lying Up, uh, I'm very much across it's all about the content and those guys are prolific and I uh, learned a lot in that last week, Scott, and it was a enjoyable learning experience. Uh, I was like the work experience kid, you know, third man on the camera and uh, with two very experienced operators, um, Kevin, shout out to Kevin, Kevin Jackson, follow him on Instagram, uh, actually a serious movie maker, but uh, works with the guys as well and Cody McBride. If you listen to the No Laying Up, you know Cody is Sarge, uh, Chief of Security and all things in between what you see all of the guys doing. Cody out there, leading man on the camp, showed me a whole heap of stuff and uh, basically took me under his wing and told me where to be, told me where not to be, told me to be wide, told me to be long, told me to be all of the things that camera jargon that I didn't know about and I uh, quickly picked up. And uh, I just hope that uh, everything that we did, everything, not that I know what everything they did, it's going to be absolutely spot on. Everything that I did comes out through the lens and uh, the world gets to see some of the best golf in Australia. And, you know, as you know, Scott, I'm leaving the country in a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm buggering off and uh, a couple us. of months. And if yep. participating in that is a little bit of a, 
a legacy, not legacy. That's a bit too much, too much sort of source that's to put on. That's a nice it. way to nice way to depart, isn't it? But when I can sit back and look that I had a little bit of a contribution into that uh, as the last thing that I one of the last things I did in Australia, I'll, I'll be happy with uh, my time doing that, and I really do appreciate the guys. And you know, a lot of messages. Uh, you know, that's great that you're doing that, and uh, must be fun, must be great, all of that sort of stuff. From you know, not fans of us but fans of them and it literally was like living 24 7 in a no laying up podcast series uh every day the characters are real the behaviors are real uh the everything that you know about solly neil randy tc cody um uh, dj Everything you know and get to know and like about those those guys, it's exactly who they are, and it was fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we saw some great golf last week in the Melbourne and uh, King Island League. You know, everything, they posted stuff socially so everyone sort of knows where they went. Uh, the King Island experience was great. I've been down there a couple of times now, both for golf and previously for filming. Uh, just a, a wonderful place, and it was great to see a group of people who are not from Australia see that part of the world for the first time and see those two golf courses, but not only uh, see the golf courses, but see a little bit of the, the, the King Island sauce, you could say, you know. Obviously, Caridi was there, see a bit of cheese, saw some snakes, yep. uh, saw the pictures of ate some craze or lobsters. Uh, so, you know, they really did uh, try and embrace the, the local uh, atmosphere and environment and, and really um, showcase what places like King Island had to offer. So, yeah, anyway... Um, very good. Looked it's amazing. All, it's all about the content. So what you're doing is amazing, and uh, please keep doing more of it because uh, it spreads the word of your love of golf and your love of golf and my love of golf is everyone's love of golf. So that's what we're here doing. Absolutely. Uh, that was a lot of fun, mate. Um, what I did was very very small um, compared to what you were doing, but the. Uh, I got a couple of messages from people that you were absolutely working your tail off um, over the time you were with the guys. You could see on social like the different um, places they were visiting and you guys were, were in and around. So um, you were certainly had a busy schedule, mate, but I did hear that you were you might have dropped a couple of kilos there, sweating it out, carrying around all the big heavy camera gear, 20 kilos or something you were carrying around, Roscoe, on your back and lugging it around from hole to hole. But um, I, am yeah, the- I didn't realise. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say I didn't realise Cody was uh, was so much. I knew he was behind the scenes and you know running the ones and twos as they like to say. But um, but yeah, it sounds like he's fairly experienced behind the lens and um, and giving you those, you those kind of tips and being in and around that. As we said last week, great set of experience for you and um, and a great way to kind of leave the country. And I'm sure it's going to be. I, I, I said to Caridi the other day. I, I reckon um, the the com- I'm, I'm looking forward to some to hearing some of the comments of the guys on the final cut and I can imagine them saying things like, that, you know, that's the best tour, tourist season they've done and just because the places they went and, um, and and the experiences that they've had, I can just imagine that kind of narrative being throughout. So uh, can't wait for it to come out. I think I saw somewhere in – it's coming to be out in April. So, I believe um, so. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to that. Well, especially King Island, like you, you- – you know that their sponsor, one of their partners, is BMW. So, you know, one of my first jobs was to ferry the BMWs from BMW head office, which is just around the corner from my old workplace at Mercedes Benz. Uh, so I've been there many times before, know exactly where it was, know the process of picking up someone else's luxury cars and driving them, all of that sort of stuff. Ferried them across there for their arrival because they just couldn't get there. I might have said that last week. 
So, you know, seven o'clock last week, we were on the ferry and picked up in the BMW. It was fantastic. Well, that's a different case at King Island because there's absolute one bazillion wallabies just jumping around. And I had to drive back to the pub at night. And it was like a ping pong, wallabies <laughs> like ping pong balls, just pum, 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 everywhere, just like crazy wallaby behavior. Um, and we were driving to, Creedy organized two big four wheel drives with big bull bars. And just the, 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 Chalk and cheese between, you know, turning up at Peninsula Kingswood one day in, in three BMWs and the procession of BMWs <laughs> coming down the driveway uh, yes. to getting on a nine-seater plane, big Randy in the back, uh, flying across to King Island, jumping into these, no, I'm going to say battered up, but well-used uh, four-wheel drives, manual. Some of them didn't drive manual, so I think Mike yep. and I drove mostly. Wallabies jumping everywhere. It was crazy. It was crazy, yeah, and it fun. really, it really was, in a golfing sense, the true, a true Australian experience um, going down there. And uh, yeah, anyway, um, I don't know where we're no, going. Very good. <laughs> I no, but I, I, I can imagine this is going to put uh, those courses on the map well and truly. They, I'm sure they are in in some capacity, but um, but this will expose them to a big audience um, through that series and. Hopefully they, uh, yeah, they get the credit that, that it deserves. And um, you could see on socials the guys were absolutely raving about Ocean Dunes. So um, again, another episode. I just can't wait to watch, mate. It's going to be going to be super. Well, it's going to, it's going to be an interesting one to see. Uh, yeah, just the thoughts and the and the and the thinking behind both those courses. You know, because the discussion around Kate Wickham, how it did, dropped out of the Golf.com top one hundred. Yeah, it was a, a genuine mm. discussion. So both courses were a really um, delight to be able to show some people who had never seen them who really do appreciate quality golf. Uh, you mentioned there about 20 kilos of luggage. Well, you know, Scott, I'm a serial overpacker. And when it comes to my equipment, I don't want to be left short on a golf course without a battery or several, uh, a lens or several, and all of that sort of stuff that I think is going to make a difference or I don't want to forget. So, yes, there was about 20 kilos on the back, which I got to put in the cart, and then the camera on the gimbal. Um, but you mentioned losing weight. I, I still I still have not had a Coke – you know I don't drink uh, – yeah. Coke Zero all year, no Coke Zero. Uh, it's not a plug for Coke. Um, someone told me that there's not good stuff in that Coke Zero, so I, I'm, I'm off that. Uh, water only, coffee, yes. Still on my boiled eggs and uh, I've actually lost a bit of weight, which is great. I feel good. Looking better, looking better, feeling better. Um, Mate, got- you're looking slimmer. I saw a photo of you, uh, the one that they, they posted in, in appreciation of kind of you and Cody and I think it's careful – I think TC posted it, and I thought, is Roscoe sucking in his uh, his stomach there, or is or has that disappeared? So, uh, mate, I'm giving you the benefit of the, of the doubt. It doesn't sound like I did that on the. No, I'll give you. Just I'll, now, but, I'll uh, fess up. I think but, every photo that's ever been taken of me through my entire life, <laughs> there's been a suck in. All right, let's just get that clear. There's always a suck in. It just depends on on how. How well, How you know, to, uh, to suck in. Pre-Christmas suck in didn't look like a suck in at all, but suck in now is actually have, has an effect. So that, that's got to say something. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, Scott, I mentioned in the intro, it's a busy time of year for us. It's the time of year that the Mile of Golf team steps up and represents at probably outside of the two big 
uh, Australian you know, majors, I guess, you know, the PGA. Vic, the uh, Open the, and the PGA. The, yep. the Open and the PGA. The Vic Open is the uh, shining light in the professional tour series, uh, in the Australian professional tour series. It's the men's and women event, and we'll talk more about it later, but it's the Pro-Am, and that's what we get up for in the mile of a golf team, the Pro-Am. That's where we've had, got the pr- pleasure of meeting George, uh, now PGA Tour player, George. Thank you to us because, you know, he'd never won on tour until – we played with him and then he went and had his first win and a host of others that have gone on to, you know, capture long to list, capture a host of others that have gone on to capture results. Well, you are, you make your, is it second or third period appearance in the mile of golf pro-am corporate environment? Yeah, no, the Vico, this, this will be the second Vic open. And, uh, and when we do the Aussie open last year, um, and then there was the challenge one not that long ago. So, oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, racking them up now, mate. Racking Excellent. them up. Yep. So that's all thanks to Bushnell, uh, great friends of, of us personally. Very lucky. Friend, very yeah. good friends of the podcast, um, big supporter of, of me. So we'll be down there with Team Bushnell and uh, playing with uh, young, uh, what's his name, Ren Yonazawa. Yeah, there we go. Now, it's going to be exciting for me to see this, mate, in person, your pronunciations of Japanese um, words uh, with a Japanese native. So, so yeah, that's right. Ren Yonezawa, he's the lucky fella, OWGR of 475. Um, missed the cut last week in Rosebud, but that just tells me that he's primed and ready to rock and roll in the Pro-Am <laughs> and, and likely win the whole thing, to be honest. Uh, he better get ready for the rock and roll because I've just, you know, told told you the, of the mojo. Everyone knows exactly, about the mojo. The mojo's, real. The, mojo, the mojo's real. The mojo's real. I've yeah. had people say, oh, it's the, the, the mojo. Yeah, we've got the mojo. Uh, he better get ready for the rock and roll ride because he, he's on the fast track after tomorrow, after Wednesday, is uh, young Ren Yonazawa. But, uh, yes, I will be in my element. I will have my best. I have to brush up. I've got to practice a little bit, I don't know, a little bit of Japanese, but I will be doing my best uh, to enunciate my Japanese words that I do know uh, with the greatest del- deal of politeness that I can deliver and uh, we'll see. His English is probably perfect. I don't know. I don't know a lot about Ranyon Zawa-san, but uh, we'll see and uh, looking forward to that, looking forward to seeing Paul down there and uh, getting amongst it. Be down there on the range if you are there Tuesday. Uh, if you're a pro that listens to this um, and you want to check out the full swing kit, I'll be down there with that and if you um, want to check that out and see what it's all about and, you know, don't buy one of those very expensive other ones um, and want something that does the job equally as well, well, I'll be down there with those and you can see that. That's tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, they'll be on the range on Wednesday as well and then um, and then we'll bugger off and you can get into your tournament mode. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It's always a great time down there back on the ferry. I love going across on that ferry. I love it. It's just a calming, relaxing ride and a great way to prepare for a Bellarine Peninsula golf experience. If you haven't been to the Bellarine Peninsula, if you're from another part of Australia, thinking about a golf trip to Melbourne, of course, tick your sand belts off. But jump down to the Bellarine Peninsula, whether you go down via the, the Mornington Peninsula and then jump across on the ferry, it is one of the best ways to see another part of uh, Victoria and some great quality golf. You've got Barwon Heads, 13th Beach, Lonsdale Links. Um, where do we play with the teed up guys? Uh, the Sands. The Sands, yeah. you know, it's it's, it's probably quality. probably not the first one you're going to jump in and play, but, you know, if you're looking for a tweener, um, the Sands is great at Torquay. So it's really good golf across there and it's just a different environment to the Morning Peninsula, two different terrains. Um, if you're in Melbourne, 
you know all that by now. But if you're in Sydney, Queensland, WA, South Australia, Northern Territory, Tasmania, um, there you go. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was brought to you by Visit Victoria. <laughs> oh, I wish. New major sponsor of the uh, My Love of Gold podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, if you are listening from Visit Victoria, you know, we, we're available. We can. We're, we're, we're available. We are available. You want drone? Can read that same ad next week. You want drone? We can do drone. You want gimbal? You want cinema quality footage? We can do it all. We we do. We're full house. We can in house production. Just been, just finished doing a little video for um for Cobra Puma for Australian Golf Digest. I did um mm. little thing that we recorded down there. Just been editing that up. Just just trying new things, Scott. You got to keep learning. You got to keep trying new things. At my age, you know, I've only. I only got a certain amount of time left, uh, so I'm just trying to learn new skills. Trying to learn new skills. Um, that really is a pitch to anyone that's listening in Scotland. That uh, oh, he's empl- <laughs> he is actually still employable. He might he might be able to offer something. This fella, um, please send all applications or offers and invites um, my way, uh, Scott. What happened in the world of golf this week? There was a few big tournaments on, so they tell me when I was out there playing with my new friends. Um, what happened? There was a lot that happened, mate. Uh, some exciting stuff happened in the men's, in the women's, um, in Europe, in the US, in Australia. It was uh, it was a big, um, let's say, a big stamp put on by uh, by a young Kiwi uh, with a back to back win. But why don't we why don't we start with the farmers' insurance at uh, Tory Pines, where the Frenchman Matt Pavon uh, won by one shot over Nicholas Hoygaard. Um, with an incredible shot out of the rough on the 18th to to make a birdie and, and seal that victory by one shot, but didn't come without its controversy, Roscoe. I don't know if you've seen the little, little, little bit of chatter and one of our friends of the pod has been involved in that chatter on social, uh, the golf rules questions, but definitely some suspect footage of, of young Matthew um, perhaps stamping down the, the grass behind his ball in the rough prior to his last shot there in, in, in on, the, on the 18th. So, I don't know, check that out. Maybe we can share that around. But uh, but definitely a little bit of controversy there. Um, well, but, yeah. If if Blakey, I haven't seen it. Um, it was Blakey. Yeah, yeah well, Blakey is, Blakey. Blakey's golf rules questions, um, friend of the pod. That's pretty A lot of people know that who'd listen. Uh, still probably the only rules official on any tour that's ever penalised a professional golfer for a slow play uh, penalty. When Richard Bland, cre- when when he created Blandemonium last year, uh, when Richard Bland was slapped with a slow play penalty, for, I was sitting back there watching that going, that's got to be Blakey. Blakey's the referee that's Blakey's done that. fingerprints all over it. He's yeah. the only one that would do that because slow play just gets up his goat. So he is a man of the deepest integrity to the game and the rules of golf. So if he said it, there's more to it. I haven't seen it. If you said it, yeah. there must be something in it. Uh, Blakey's available to talk about it if you want to, you know, can represent his media. You know, if you want Blakey, if you're out there in the media world and you want Blakey, just come through me and we can negotiate and broker a deal. Of course, he's got his own podcast, which we started uh, here at the Mile of Golf Network. I can call it a network now if you Not want to show. It's a network now. Well, well, you're a two, network, agency. Channel 7, Channel Money 9, help. pick your favourite yeah. show. It's a network. It's a media <laughs> organisation. We're just pitched. I'm pitching for future business You've in been Scotland. spending I've, too much time with NLU, mate. You, I've, you got to, I've, got to, I've got to earn a living. Uh, Blakey's a man of highest integrity. So if, if Blakey said something, he's seen something that he didn't quite think was right, there's some smelly fish there. Um, mm. I, I didn't know that. That that tarnishes um, it for me because we've talked about Mathieu Pavon uh, before. 
uh, of course, one of the DP World Tour 10 that, um, yep. you know, took their quality out of the European Tour and just slapped it in the face of uh, the PGA Tour members this year um, when many of them thought that they weren't going to, you know, shine a light on anyone, you know, like they were going to mule, mule around. Uh, yeah. And they come out and um, bang. They've and it takes it out, yeah. There, there was there, That leaderboard was very, very European there yeah. at one point. There was a lot of uh, European flags showing up on the top half of that leaderboard there for a long time in that tournament and, um, yeah, so so he took it out. As you said, he's one of those ten guys um, and uh, actually gets him into – he, he kind of made his way into the signature event as well, so he'll he'll be playing at Pebble um, on the back of that. So I mean, it's just and yeah, great springboard for him. That's him into the Masters, and away he goes. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yep. Nik- Nikolai Hoygaard was unlucky, you know. Speaking of the Europeans, that just happened to get a little PGA Tour card and leave the DP World Tour behind, and all that sort of stuff, um, and yep. not not make an impact. Well, bang bang, there's Pavon and Hoygaard up there, and certainly uh, they've put. Uh, their cohort on the map and in the eyes of uh, certainly obviously the American market where the majority of eyeballs sort of go towards uh, that sort of uh, result. So it's really good to see. How did we go? Yeah. What, what what happened there at the end there? So Pavon was in the rough. He looked pretty well, he dead. he three-putted 17. Yes. So he missed a very short little putt on 17. So that meant he only had a one-shot lead going into the 18th um, and, and Nikolai was – was one shot behind him along with a bunch of others, but he was playing with him in the same group. Um, but then yeah, then he's played that shot out of the rough. Nikolai also made bird, um, I think, and uh, I need to double-check that actually, Roscoe. But, um, but yeah, it's two weeks in a row for Nikolai as a runner-up, I think, if I'm not wrong. Um, Rasmus, runner-up over the over in uh, the Middle East as well. So the Hoygaard boys are, are in and around and knocking on the door again. Um, but, yeah, that... That was how I understood it to finish up. We had Nate Lashley, uh, Jake Napper, and Stephen Yeager at T3. Um, Kevin Yu had another really mm. good week, another solid week. Uh, Finau as well, continuing that solid start. Um, Xander was around there at T9 along with uh, your pick Ludwig. Um, and, yeah, not, not they were kind of the notables in that top half. Um, as far as Aussies went, we got Bads at T37 and Minwoo. T43 and my pick, Jason Day, um, along with Harrison Endicott, both missed the cut. But I think you were about to ask about Teepster, weren't you? Well, I was. And, you know, you sort of opened where I was going to start with Jason Day. He wasn't just your pick. He was many people's pick around that joint and, uh, you know, left him oh, a little I bit disappointed. I didn't want to say anything, Roscoe. I didn't want to say anything, but only uh, one person picked Ludwig after you announced it on the pod, and that was you. Um, but 16 people picked Jason Day. Mm. Um, if anyone, anyone at all blindly followed by a pick, I apologise and I strongly encourage you not to do that ever again. Um, but, yeah, 16 people picked JD, missed out. Uh, we still don't have anyone in the in the M-Log Teepstar competition to pick the winner. So um, I'm Early sure days. we had a couple of winners there last year, this time last year, Roscoe. We're going to get our... our uh, our butts into gear here. Maybe this week's signature event when the money's on the line, people will really take it seriously. Yeah. Um, but, well, yeah, Young Ice 75 picked Nikolai and he was the only one and then 11, 11 people picked Xander. Well, with the signature events and the big money, it's really your opportunity 
you know, heaps of sense to leapfrog and, and regain status, I guess, up the leaderboard. Of course, remember this year's different. You pick a top five, you get to use that person again. That's why I was gutted that Ludwig just uh, finished there with that uh, two under, minus nine, a few shots out of that top five position. I was just sort of banking that, of course, I wanted him to win naturally, but get a top five and then I can use Ludwig again. So for me, in a one and done sense, Ludwig is gone. He's gone. He's gone. But, uh, you know, he he delivered something to the pot. I think I'm sitting in 15th place and probably around the same place as I was this time last year as I made my ascendancy up the teeps the ladder, challenging mm. for the uh, the title. But Slow um, but steady, wasn't it? Yes, exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. But out in front, mate, we've got Nash Champ. He's on one more. He or she is on $1.9 million. We've got Caledonia in second spot at 1.4. Trout 109 at 1.165. And uh, Young Eye 75 with that uh, Hoygaard pick this week at 1026. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I need to refresh the page a half a dozen times before I get to me. Um, but you, uh, what did you say, 16th or something? 15th. 15th. 15th, yeah. 15th mate. Yeah. Um, I have about $20,000 and I'm the 59th. No, it's not too and late. And only 60 people have money. So, it's not too late. It's a long season. There's plenty of money available. So just pick wisely. Uh, if you are a teepster, uh, teepster uh, and you have one of these funky names that doesn't identify you and we don't know uh, who you are, we'd love to know who you are. If you're simply on Instagram, which is where most people are, um, send, me, send us a DM and let us know that, you know, you are – Fish I seventy six or whatever your tips to handle is, and say this is how you get me because we'd love to know a little bit more about you and uh, bring you a little bit closer into the fold of the M Log uh, tips Dorati. But um, you know, who knows? Who knows? We might want to chat to you one day about your picking strategy and your PGA Tour watching, and you know the reason why you get involved in in things like Teepster. So uh, just let us know who you are, and uh, and we can just stay a little bit closer, and that's what we want to do. All Absolutely, right. All and, right. uh, mate. Before we before we move on from that, I just yep. want to shout out PK and uh, say a big thanks for for driving that on the socials and sharing it around and uh, sharing around the, the, the very nice pie graph that he puts out on who's picked who. Um, so I appreciate that, PK. And I also want to say, Roscoe, if anyone wants data or information to really kind of feed their pick or inform their pick, then strongly recommend they go and have a listen to Caridi uh, over at Three Putt Par Podcast and and subscribe to his newsletter. Puts out some great information, very detailed, very nerdy, but he loves it. And um, uh, he's got a pretty good track record. So if you need some information, that's probably a good place to go get it, data-wise. But here, here it's for the laughs and for the casual and, you know, the, the – Misinformation. Send him an email and ask him how he's going with uh, Kazuma Kabori picking. He, he'll really appreciate that. Um, oh yes. <laughs> left him. Uh, he left. He left Kazuma out of his options uh, this week. <laughs> and Kazuma delivered again. Uh, anyway, uh, we know that. Um, yeah, go and check out Mike's uh, letter. I'll check it out. Subscribe. Send him an email. Listen to his podcast if you already don't. Listen to it and the email address is on there, threepartpodcast at gmail.com, and he'll send you all his data um, from the data lake, uh, which um, we miss dearly, but uh, you can get it over there. Um, okay. Farmers. 
What was that? Bombers, that's it. What was next? The DP World Tour? Uh, so, yeah, D, D, yeah. Let, let's, let's kick through all of last week and, mm-hmm. and briefly mention the other tours and then we'll come back to the, the second signature of the event, signature event at Pebble Beach Pro-Air, mate. So, yes. So, yeah, D, DP World Tour, we were over in, um, uh, where were they, Abu Dhabi? I, I think it's the, is it UAE, uh, United Arab Emirates. UAE, yeah. UAE. Raz, but the Raz. big bear, Torbjorn Ollison, um, the big Dane, took it out for his eighth DP World title um, by six shots. So total total smashing there by the big guy. Um, shot a blistering course record, 62 on Friday. And Hoygaard in second place for the, I guess it's the third time, you know, in, in kind of two weeks between the twins. So um, they're playing well. Um, not much else to report there, mate. There was Torbjorn show. He, he took it to them and that 62 really set it up on that Friday. So... No one else really had a chance. Um, the Aussies, Scriv was at T47 and unfortunately Mika missed the, missed the cut. But he's he's back up um, again this week in the field at Bahrain. Um, and again, very standard kind of run of the run of the mill field for the DP World Tour, I think, for the year. And um, we've got Scriv, Harrison, Endicott, Mika, and Hayden Barron in the field from an Aussie point of view. Very good, very good. Hayden Barron, good luck to Hayden Barron. He uh, won his um, card through qualifying, so his status is probably a little bit better than like Tommy Powell-Horan, for example. Um, yep. That's why. So Mika, Mika's status is above Tom Powell-Horan. I spoke to Tom uh, on Saturday, Friday, Saturday night. Um, his status is above Tom's, so that's why you don't see Tom – and uh, Andrew Martin over there playing in these events because, um, you know, their status is below uh, the tour qualifiers, the Q school qualifiers. So that's why Hayden Barron's uh, able to get into these events and Australian Order of Merit winners, um, second and third place, aren't. Um, yep. So, yeah, interesting. But um, oh, for us, Gunnar Weeby, T70. So Gunnar played on the weekend. I love Gunnar Weeby. Um, we talked about Gunnar. We didn't know who Gunnar Weeby was, but we talked about him because we – weren't sure his background. We didn't associate Gunnar Weeby with Mark Weeby, the great uh, PGA Tour player from, you know, probably my era. But um, we've since got to meet Gunnar Weeby. I spent a good bit of time with Gunnar on the range at uh, the Oz Open. Really nice fella. Good to see him in some money, uh, just above Padre Carrington. Um, anyway, that's uh, the Razal Climber. They moved to, we may as well talk about uh, where the DP World moves to this week. It's not, another, not a huge event, but they're playing in Bahrain at the Royal GC. Don't know too much about that one, um, Scott. I'm not sure if you've done much research on the uh, Bahrain Championship. Is, uh, uh, no, no, mate, I have not, other than knowing who, who are the Aussies to keep an eye on and, uh, and kind of support along the way. Um, but, yeah, it's very similar field to what we saw this week, to be honest. Yep. Okay, so we'll keep an eye out for the Bahrain Championship. You, you want to make a have a hazard a guess for you know a winner in Bahrain? I, I, I will, mate. Um, and that is going to be Erasmus for me. Okay. I'm on Hoygaard to get a victory. He's been knocking, um, yeah, last week, and I think this is his week. Let's just have a little bit more of a look here at the uh, Bahrain. Who have we got in the field there? Oki Strider, Marcel Seam. George is playing in Bahrain. Yep. George Campillo is playing in Bahrain. Um, of course, because he wouldn't be in the elevated events in the PGA Tour, so he's nipped back across to Bahrain to play. Uh, Adrian Ortegui. I like Adrian Ortegui. Uh, my favorite, one of my favourite Scots, Richie Ramsey. 
representing the Glen Eagles Golf Course, uh, is playing. Uh, Aberdeen, I think Dundee or Aberdonian, but now lives in Edinburgh. Um, probably bump into Richie over there at some stage down the streets and the uh, in the links there somewhere. I'm, I'm sure, uh, Scott. I'm sure. Uh, Grant Forrest from the Renaissance Club next door to my home club, but uh, Craigie Law, um, Connor Syme from Dromoy. Uh, I don't know where Dromoy is, but uh, it's a golf centre. I think it's got the driving range. I think it might be in Fife. I could be wrong. Uh, Scriv, Scott Jamison, not the soccer one, Davey Law. Um, there you go. There's a lot of Scots playing. What's next, Scott? What have you got your notes on for the next event that we need to talk about? Well, I mean, mate, we can't go any further without talking about Kazuma um, Kabori and his back-to-back win. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Backs up his first ever win as a pro with his second ever win as a pro um, with an absolute clutch final round. Um, it was a bit of a battle between him and Matty Goggin. Um, really all day, I think Kazuma bogeyed or, or doubled the first hole or something or, or you know, early on and then and then they were pretty neck and neck. But... Um, yeah, it was really, really interesting. I was watching a lot of the back nine, most of the and, and closer, you know, for the last four or five holes. And poor old Matty Goggin, you could just tell he was just very, he just didn't seem in the right headspace, you know, like he was very negative on himself. Like he he was pulling his own card, as a lot of the guys do um, out there. And so he didn't have anyone, I guess, chatting to him. But you could tell he's really down on himself when he was missing a part or, or not converting an opportunity or, or just kind of, leaving something um out there so i just wonder if he had something had someone with him to to help kind of talk him through that what might have been a different result but he missed a couple of um put some pretty weak putts on on a couple of putts there towards the end um and then kazuma uh let him kind of open the door for him on 18 and put his second in the bunker and then left a left a good 12 footer um for for birdie uh or sorry for par for par and he made made a 12 footer made to win the tournament it was just such a clutch part um from a young 22 year old kiwi absolutely on fire at the moment be interesting to see how he goes this week at the vic uh well he's had plenty of top level amateur experience you know you look through the kabori files and you'll see that he's Mm. played in and won some of the bigger amateur events around the world came with big reps to the aac uh, mm. finished at the pointy end at the um, Asia-Pacific Championships there. People were expecting him probably to win. As I've said before, followed him around for a good couple of holes and his his teammates, New Zealand teammates, were ribbing him for not hitting it very far. And still, you know, that's absolutely correct. He doesn't hit it very far. I, mean, I think Matt Goggin hit it past him a couple of times when I caught a glimpse between what I was doing. and uh, But he just hybrids it in and long irons it in and chips and puts the dots off it, and I think if he can do that, he's going to be quite successful um, in Australia, and who knows where else, where else thereafter. It looks like, for all intents, you know, he, he might probably win that uh, top spot in that uh, order of merit ranking. Um, yeah, Minwoo is in front of him at the moment. Of course, Minwoo is discounted because he's already got cards all over the world. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. There's still a bit to go, but. At the moment, it looks like he's streets ahead of uh, the next people um, on the order of merit. What yeah, a family! He, what a what a Kiwi yeah, totally. Kiwi family! The the Kaboris, you know, Mamoka and uh, and Kazuma. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Tommy Powerhorn um, seems to have found something as well, mate. He finished T eight. 
So that was good to see. He's had a bit of a tough run to be on to of late, but I think you did say last week, mate, that he probably wasn't going to find it, but turns out he found something. We know the difference. We had a chat on Saturday night. You saw him on Saturday I night. I saw him on Saturday night. <laughs> Tommy, how are you going? He said, yeah, not too bad. All right. I said, well, big day tomorrow. I said, give him any tips, mate. Just kind of tuck the chicken uh, wing in a little bit. And- no. Have you got the caddy sorted? <laughs> Esther, his beautiful mum. Esther from Wexford, beautiful Irish woman, was pulling Tommy's bag, so that might have been the difference. Tom had a, a caddy because uh, I said, I'm available if you need me. I'm, I'm there. If you, you say be there, I'll be there. Um, he said, no, thanks, Ross. <laughs> My mum will do a great job for me. Don't worry about it. I actually think he might have had Jason Louie on the bag. I did see a picture with Jason Louie, former uh, Cobra chief product guy, um, former golf pro himself. Uh, I saw a picture with he and Jason, so I need to follow it up and uh, Jason would have been a very accomplished caddy uh, bagsman for uh, Tommy. So Tommy finished 11th. Good on you, Tom. Uh, we'll look forward uh, to... T8. Yeah, T8. So yeah, 11, finished with 11, under. 11 yep. under T8. Sorry, I got that wrong. Um, yep. Looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, Tom. Um, won't, won't listen to the podcast. He's a friend of the podcast, but probably doesn't listen. Uh, but look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Okay. Um, what did you think of Rosebud, uh, seeing it on the TV? comes up pretty oh, well, doesn't it? looked spectacular, mate. Yeah. Mm. It's not really kind of held in the same regard as a few of the other courses down there, but um, as far as, you know, I won't kind of come across. But, um, but yeah, it looked, looked immaculate, looked great. Mm. It really is a, a course that many people drive past that front door and either realise it's there and think I'll get to it one day and head straight down to, you know, some of the other pay-to-play courses. Uh, it might be a little harder to get on because it's a mem- you know, heavy members course, but a really strong mm. golf club, great facilities. There's accommodation on the fairway um, as you go in uh, and a really high-quality golf club, uh, golf course, two of them. They played mostly on, I think, the north and with a couple of the west tolls um, on there. Uh, I don't know the yep. exact composite sort of course that they play, but they play the best of the of the layout that they can put that finisher that 18th with that uh, really tricky green you know that elevation between the bunker where Kabori played out of and the green yeah. and the tier it's a really tricky really tricky little little shot so um anyway another visit victoria visit mornington peninsula get to rosebud country golf club <laughs> they're getting the money's they, worth this week ross they used to smash us in pennant they had such a strong team they had some uh andrish um sconerville um Playing, you know, former pros, you know, electrician or something like that. But uh, yeah, he's a young fourteen-year-old yep. punk. Used to give it, give us cheek and beat us, and, and they had some great players in there. Chris Mew, if you follow the Hawthorne Hawks, big Chrissy Mew was a big devastating player for Hawthorne. Just turned his hand to golf, as many of the footballers do, uh, and was pretty good at it. Uh, he used to um, beat us up as well. So, it, um, so good club. Uh, get down there. Um, okay. What's next? We had the LPGA. They uh, we had another great finish there. Well, should we Ooh. chat quickly about the Vic Open? Or oh, okay, yeah, that, 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 yeah. No, let's go to the Vic Open. It's going to the Vic Open, mate. We've got the males and females play on the same course um, uh, for the same prize money. So, um, very well regarded event. I think they do it fantastic. We've had the privilege of playing the pro am there, as we said earlier last year, and then this year, and. Um, yeah, it's a great event that they put on. I think it's free for people to go and watch and you can walk in the fairways and bring your dogs and all kinds of stuff. So uh, very kind of open and family-friendly event across the two courses down at 13th Beach, so the creek and the beach courses. Um, and, yeah, very solid, 
very solid lineup and um, entry list of the, the the stars, the young and up and coming stars of uh, Australian golf. It's it's great to see so many familiar names. You know, as we've been keeping a close eye on it the last few months or so, um, all the guys that are kind of going to be there and in the mix, and, and the girls as well. So, uh, very excited to be down there on Wednesday. To be honest, mate, I can't wait. Uh, if anyone does want to come out and follow us around the pro am. <laughs> It is free to get in. Uh, we'll be teeing off the fifth hole at 7.45. Um, come and so drive my the, uh, remote control buggy if they want. They can on, come and hold the remote. On the beach course too, by the way. Uh, if it's not on the beach course, I'm not playing, all right? Uh, no, kidding. kidding. 7.45, um, make sure we'll, we'll, we'll be down there. We'll is, it pre- the we'll, is, it, is it the is beach? It's the beach. Is it the beach? Yeah, definitely the beach, oh, yeah. That's good. We'll yeah. be down there. They're not. We're, we're going early. We're going to prepare. You know, we've, we've got a job to do. We've got to function like a team. We've got to have the team talk. Um, yeah. Maybe get we'll out there. we strategy, mate. Exactly. Uh, but uh, some great names, you know, the category um, Order of Merit winners, Jed Morgan, Jack McLeod, Brett Rumford. One of the highlights for me of the year is standing on that range and just watching, having the access to the range to watch these guys practice. But the one that I always want to watch practice, actually, rather than just sort of casting a glance that way, is Brett Rumford. Uh, he's an artist with a wedge and the and the hitting range and the short game chipping green is basically just in between each other. And just just to watch Brett Rumford clip some 60-degree uh, lob wedges, 54-degree wedges, and make them spin and stop off the relatively firm high-traffic turf. And he's usually yep. got one of the other Western Australian um, younger pros around him with in a sort of lesson environment. Uh, he carries, at least last time I saw, he was carrying a Ping I-2 Sevenwood as a warm-up club, steel shaft, you know, Ping I2 would funky. He just said it helps him get find the centre a bit more uh, easier by hitting this older wood and he just knows exactly where he swings at by hitting this wood, wooden club as a warm-up club. I thought that was a bit a bit um, unique. I uh, didn't see yep. a, a wooden seven wood in any other tall pros bag out there, men or women. Um, so Brendan Jones is playing. So, you know, we, we king of Japan, you know, is uh, Brendan Jones um you know, many times winner up there in, in Japan. Uh, last year performed really well as well. Of course, won the New Zealand Open last year. So absolute winner. And then a whole host of other names that, um, you know, we know and love. Matt Griffin, drum and golf sponsored Matt Griffin, friend of the podcast, uh, winner this year, Kazuma Kabori, Kerry Mountcastle, Austin Batista, Benny Eccles, uh, Hawksy, Daniel Gale, Lockie Barker, yep. great young man, just got his Asian tour card as we talked about last week. Tom Power, Horn, Louis Double R, Brett Coletta. All of those young young men, uh, quality young men, Wilco, Mardo, Dane Lawson, quality young fellas. Um, but the thing is that we love is that the women get to add to the field across the two courses. There's a 54-hole cut and the best of Australia's women golfers are there as well. And the atmosphere is fantastic. I think set up every time we go and do this and we come back and say it's it's great because there's just this great atmosphere. The men love having the women around. They're practicing on yep. the range together. The women love having the men around. You know, they're ribbing each other. They're watching each other. They're talking to each other. And they don't get to do that. So it's, it's just this nice relaxed environment and they get out there and play. And, and um, it's just a really good good thing to see okay so the women that are playing some of those we know we don't know as many of the of the women P, uh, wpga players that we do uh amelia memmott grown great great golfer that hasn't really sort of 
hit her straps in terms of you know post college and moving back into Australia. But she, yeah. she her smiling face and her quality golf is, is always there. Great to see Brianna Gill back on course. She had an extended break after winning in New South Wales. She's back on tour, which is great. And then some of the other names that we love and and like to see up there and usually performing really well. Cassie Porter went on tour. Of course, um, who else got Grace Lennon? If you want to get a lesson from Grace, you can get a lesson with Grace Lennon down at uh, Albert Park Melbourne Golf Centre now, which is Albert Park. Karis Davison, LPGA Tour uh, player formerly, um, playing Kari Webb. Kari Webb's playing. The greatest golf, Australia, Australia's greatest, her. Australia's yeah. greatest golfer is playing. Um, Connor Matsumoto, Crystal Bloom, Bill Molly McLean, young up and coming star. She's an amateur. Steph Hall, Sojin Lee. Sojin Lee, I'll be seeing. She's going to be the recipient of a full swing kit. Um, Jenny Lee, um, very good. Uh, we've all, I think we've got um, G.I. Shin. We're staying at Peninsula Kingswood the other day. Uh, G.I. Shin's playing. Major he spends a lot of time in Australia, huh? She must love it. Major champion, yeah. major champion. She likes coming down here. She uh, yeah. still, she won the thing last year. So, you know, she's come to defend. Um, fantastic. Can't wait to see all of these players out there. Holly Clyburn from Scotland. Uh, I don't know Holly Clyburn, but I might just have to um, introduce myself and tell her that uh, if she hears of any, <laughs> any caddy jobs or range ball picker upper as uh, jobs, I'm, I'm available. I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. Um, anyway, I'm joking. <laughs> Shannon Tan is another one, mate. I'll call out there. So Shannon Tan's the young Singaporean that uh, did so well in her professional debut there, not last week in the WebEx, but the, the week before that at the Murray. Keep an eye on her. Shan- Shannon Tan. Have you got a tip for the 13th Beach Pro-Am, oh, no, sorry, sorry Pro-Am. Yeah, it would probably be the Bushnell Group. <laughs> I think see, we will definitely, we must feel feeling already. really good no, about there'll it, be some, There'll be some Geelong footballers down there that will take out everything, don't worry. The, the <laughs> Geelong boys will take it out. Uh, have you got a tip for the Vic Open men and women, Scott? So, uh, mate, for the men, um, for the men, what am I going to look here? So Gailey played well this week. And Wilkin played well the other week. There's a bit of form. Tommy Power Horan definitely trending. Um, Benny Eccles we know. Harrison Crow's in there. Um, I am going to go. I'm going to go with the young up-and-comer, mate. I want to see Elvis Smiley um, get a win. I, I want to see him plant his name into the uh, into the winner's circles this year and get his young career off and running. I like that tip. I like watching Elvis Smiley stripe the ball, left-hander, beautiful golf swing, and those results can't be that far away for someone that is one of the best ball strikers you've ever had the pleasure of standing behind on a range and watching uh, hit some balls, hit some drivers, seven irons, where just, it just absolutely pures it. Uh, what about in the uh, women's division there? Scott? Yeah, I think it's going to be hard to go past Jihai Shin, isn't it? It's uh, She's got some form here. Um, she said, mate, she won it last year. So um, quality, quality player. And, uh, yeah, no no surprises if she takes it out. But Ashley Lau has played really well the last couple of weeks and, and she had a cracking tournament there last week um, at Rosebud. So maybe she's in and, in and around it as, as well. But I think, yeah, the, the Korean major champion will be um, the winner at the end. I'm going to throw a left field one in here for the women. I'm going to go with uh, Crystal Bloom, South Australian, okay. playing out of the Grange. I like that name. Yep. Yep. 
playing out of the Grange, uh, LET player. She's had some form of late from what I've what I've observed, but she she works really hard. Um, beautiful golfer, great ball striker, very strong. Uh, it could be the one for her. It could be the one for her. I know she's amped up for it, so um, we'll see. But Mamoka Kabori probably going to put a show in mm-hmm. as well. I would say depends on the wind, depends on all of these other conditions, but. Uh, I don't know what the forecast is for this weekend down there. It's usually guaranteed to be a bit blowy and blustery being right on the beach there. But, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing it. And uh, if you are down there on Wednesday, um, say good day. All right, Mate, I would love to see that brother-sister win. And, and I, I don't know, I think we're going to see that happen between either the Kaboris or the Leagues, um, that we'll see a brother-sister win here in Australia with one of these mixed tournaments one day. I hope that would be fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, mate. Uh, what's next? We had the LPGA event, the drive-on. Did, yeah, did you catch any of that? Yeah, the LPGA. I didn't catch any of it live. Caught up on it today. Um, looked like a very exciting finish there with Nelly. I think she had the lead by four at one point um, throughout the last round. But, yeah, Lydia Ko obviously played pretty well. I saw the footage of the the shot she played into. I think it was the 17th, the, the, um, the par five um, that little cut down or you know choke down hybrid cut that she uh, that she played and ran up there to be within uh, like tap in range for the eagle and then it looked like she was going to win but then Lydia and then uh, Nelly eagled her own seventeenth was playing behind her and then birdied eighteen to set up the the playoff and then uh, we went to the second extra hole when fortunately Lydia missed a small putt <laughs> um, and uh, that cost her the. The, the the chance to extend the playoff and yeah Nelly takes out the win. Unfortunately, Lydia stays one point away from the Hall of Fame, but I'm sure she'll get there. Hopefully, it's this year. Um, but yeah, that was that looked like a pretty exciting finish between those two. Good to see Nelly caught her back in the winners' podium. You know, she comes with a lot of uh, how would you say a lot of expectation. Um, you know, when you swing it as good as her, when you hit the ball as far as she does. Uh, you know, that carries a lot of expectation to people like us, you know, think that she should be winning more often. And uh, it's good to see her back uh, in the winner's podium. Um, she is a quality quality golfer. As I've reported here before, I've only been sort of at one tournament where she was, but I remember, you know, doing what I do and standing sort of fall back, observing how, you know, these young professionals behave. Um, you know, mm-hmm. people watching is a, a pastime of mine and just I remember standing there watching her come out signing autographs for well in excess of the time that I would have considered acceptable um, just to make sure that every kid up and down the line got a picture and an autograph and three pictures and another picture because the one didn't work, all of that. Um, so I love when I see that sort of behaviour and then when I see people win and when it's one of the quarter sisters, um, it's good for golf because she brings attention to uh, the women's game, but she brings attention to golf. And uh, I love that. But Lydia Cope, she will get her Hall of Fame. It's just a matter of matter of time with the uh, vein of form that she is carrying uh, this year. So it'll happen. Yep. It'll happen. Uh, very good. Uh, they, mate, actually, on, on Nelly, so just staying on Nelly for a sec. So uh, it was interesting to see that she, she did that. She took that win out in a brand-new pair of Nike shoes, Nike Free Golf. I think they've just dropped. Um, so a brand-new model for the brand. Um, you know, Nelly signed with Nike less than 12 months ago for a multi-year massive deal. 
Um, so, you know, when you've got Nelly on that kind of deal and you're putting out new shoes, you've got Brooks touting the new, the new shoe, um, I think a lot of people probably missed it. But, you know, Nike also signed uh, more athletes in the last, you know, three, four weeks. Um, Guido Migliosi, the young Italian, signed, signed on a deal. So... Uh, there's been a bit of chatter about Nike getting out of golf. I'm I'm telling you right now, they're not getting out of golf. Um, they're definitely changing some things up for sure. And Tiger and Nike split. We all know that. We've talked about that. Um, but Nike are not exiting golf. Um, they're changing their distribution model in the US, sure. Um, maybe they let go of a couple of the big contracts and sign some younger um, younger blood, but refreshing the, the ranks. But they've, I'm also hearing that they've told all of their athletes that, um, hey, we're, we're not leaving. So um, hang tight, um, all good. They've got tons of new footwear coming. Um, you're going to see Swoosh out on the golf course in the professional ranks, I think, for some time. Well, there you go. If anyone's going to have any access to the inside information about Nike, it's uh, Officer Carter sitting above me here. Uh, well, well done, Scott. Uh, you wear, you know, Nike on your sleeve, um, so to speak. I'm, I, I'm, I, wouldn't be, oh, well, I wouldn't be surprised if you uh, ripped that shirt off there and just flexed up. You know, there's probably a Nike bloody tat on there. Um, yeah, so there you go. No, You've heard there's of, not. There's not. not. It's close, but there's not. <laughs> I think about it a lot, though, Roscoe. I think, well, well, how would I do one? Where would I put it? I love the fact that you have worked and represented a brand for such a long time that, you know, it's part of, you know, who you are, so to speak, in many regards. Uh, and it's good to see you support it and back it up and tell people what, for all intents, are the facts. And, uh, yeah, certainly yep. as a drum and golf person, I hope that Nike stays as well because, you know, we introduced no drum and golf. Uh, we introduced Nike back into the market on a mass level in Australia after it had been, yeah, you know, had very poor representation. And uh, I know how successful it's been and how demanded it has been in a drum and golf sense. Um, been hard to keep up, you know, with the amount of product that we got access to. Hard to keep it on the shelves, you know. We'd get our drop. Uh, it was all, you know, it was one of the things, one of the products that we get, you know, they, they basically give us an order that's designed for us, you know, like relative to the size of your yep. store. And it would come in and you think, yeah, that's plenty of Nike and it would be gone like that. So people love it. Um, yeah, for the, and that was only the last couple of years. For the first eight years of that journey, people walk into the shoe wall and go, oh, yeah, Foot Joy, Adidas, Puma. Echo, yeah, they were great. Have you got Nike? No, we can't get it. Sorry, and like that happens so much. So it's mm. a big, it's a big deal in, in golf. So it's good to hear that. So the next event for the women on the LPGA tour, we won't see uh, the women back on that tour until they turn up in Thailand at the Honda LPGA event, which is not till the end of Feb, Feb twenty second. Uh, at the Patea Old Course in Siam Country Club. I don't know much about that course. We'll do our best to find out about it and maybe talk about it in the week before. Uh, I actually don't know what they do, what the schedule is between now and then. Uh, Scott, do you know what happens on the LPGA tour between now and then? Why there is such a big break? Are we going to see more European tour yeah. access? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't, actually don't know. Roscoe, I was going to ask you the same thing, mate. But um, uh, there is a three week gap, so the girls have got some time off after really only just starting um, their season. So it's a little bit weird, but um, yeah, not quite sure why there's a big gap there. We will see if we can. Figure that we'll out. Find it. Okay, we'll, we'll come yeah. back. We'll report back on the LPGA tour when it's closer to that time. All right, Scott, what have we got left? We've got. Uh, well, mate, the big one. The big the one. Big one. The, Live. 
Oh. <laughs> now, did you see, oh, Roscoe, did, as did. we were going to air, last, is it still called going to air? I don't know. Last as week. we were starting recording. No, 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 tonight. Tonight. Yeah, well, I have, tonight, well, we, well we, we, missed, we missed that on last week's announcement. We, you know, went to Sleepy Bye Byes after, mm-hmm. you know, doing what we do and we, you know, stay back and edit it and have a debrief and, you know, re-strategize and all the stuff that good sure. podcasters do. Um, and then we wake up the next morning and see that uh, the big Moronk had signed with Liv. So we missed mm-hmm. that breaking that but i think i know what you're about to say scott break the news well i mean i'm yeah i'm reporting (laughs) reporting what i've seen on twitter um uh yeah so we've we're hearing that tyrell has officially signed with Liv, and so that's apparently an exclusive with um uh one of the guys on twitter i bloody hell forgotten his name now um but apparently it's it's legit i mean we haven't seen anything confirmed on any of those other guys even on lucas there's been nothing officially confirmed or moronk um but it's looking like and it's definitely some smoke around it that hatton is joining ram's team yep. um uh, along with uh caleb surat and along with kieran vincent to make up the four um and yeah there's uh there's some big big moves happening the week before the tournament i mean they, they had to had to get it going, didn't they? It was uh, was getting pretty close to the close to the line, but yeah. Just to summarise, I guess Roscoe they've signed Moronk, Herbert, Terrell, and Caleb Surratt, which we've talked about very briefly because um, is an amateur coming through. Um, three guys that pr- were promoted through that that event were Kieran Vincent, Kalei Samoya, and uh, Jinichiro Kazuma. Um, they've got teams allocated, so. So and then it sounded like they're going to play with two individuals, Roscoe, that will play just for individual money and standings, but not part of the teams. Um, and that could be how they're going to involve some kind of relegation um, into the tournaments in the future of the season. So um, I think interesting. that's a, I think that's a yeah. good move because you know that's like what Wade Orms was doing last year. He was on the tour, turning up as a reserve, and if someone wasn't available, you know he was there to slip in. But it must have been a really hard thing for him to do to turn up as a tour player, hit the practice range, go through all the preparation, play in the Pro-Am and then not play in the event. And yep. that must have been really hard um, to have, you know, that play. It's what it sounds like, I don't know absolutely, but to have that player playing and being included in some part of the format, I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't know what everyone was getting upset about. You know, it's only, what, two days away from the tournament starting and we still haven't had official announcement of teams. I don't know what the worry is. <laughs> What's the big deal? And we it? still haven't, right? Like we're finding this stuff out from, like, we're from Twitter or X or, or whatever. So, you know, there's, there's still every chance that it's not true and that some of these players haven't signed or, um, or whatever. I mean, Terrell Hatton is still on the list for the event in Pebble Beach this week. So um, as of as of right now, so the big, uh, so, the, yeah, the, big the big Moronk was on the players list, the entry list for um, yeah. for last week as well, you know, and then dropped dropped pulled the bomb out. and then pulled out, and um, but it would appear that that exactly as you know, Twitter and I uh, read it somewhere else on the news here uh, just before we hit record that that was happening. Um, it yep. appears that it's, that it's actually going to happen. So. Um, but it's just weird, isn't it? It's just weird that they, so weird. their website's not updated yet and there's no announcements. And, you know, well, like they, they 
tomorrow they should be there practicing hitting balls with the boom boxes. Boom, 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 boom. Mm. Hitting balls. Bryson will be there, you know, doing getting ready to do a shoey um, with the fans. Um, they, they'll be there. And there's, the website's still not updated and, and we don't have 100% who's playing. I don't know what the, I don't know what the worry and, is. And, and Greg's got it under, Greg's got it under control. Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. But um, and they're signing all of these players allegedly, um, and at the same time we've got Jay and Yasser apparently in New York this week. Um, apparently someone tracked both of their jets and they were all they were both in New York at the same time. So um, so I guess they were meeting hopefully, um, according to Bob Harrig and the uh, strategic sports group investment. You know, of around three billion dollars, from all reports, is is actually going to be injected this this week um, into the tour. So there's there's all of these things happening, and and it sounds like that it's very very close to a deal if you believe what you read, and uh, and yet they're still like I was still to say poaching players. Like uh, I mean, they're going to play the rest of this year out, right? Like as is, they're not going to change the schedule for 2024. So what are the PGA Tour just like giving up on people like? Hatton and Moronk and I mean Herbert's like you know he, he's a bit of a rounding error in the tour fraternity but like he's but he's still got a couple of wins I guess and um, but it, what are they just letting these guys go and oh well, I don't you know we're not not going to see them on the PGA tour for a couple of years um, I think losing Hatton is, is is a reasonable thing like he's uh, he, he's again one of those people that one of those players that people love to dislike or, or like, you know, either really like him or can't really stand his antics and, and don't like him. So, again, we've got another one of those guys um, that has gone out of the tour. So I don't, who, I don't who think knows, mate? I don't think he's at a, he'll be that missed in the American sort of ranks. I don't think he probably rate, ranks as highly on the radars of, you know, the general populace of American golf fan. He does on ours and certainly in Europe because we're a little bit closer to all of that. So, you know, we like him because he's that character. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure it would be missed as much as, as maybe we think. Uh, but it, it, it is weird. Um, and, again, as you suggest, you know, this deal looks imminent. But if you listen to, you know, all of the scuttlebutt around it, um, but yeah, who is going to hold the big stick? You know, like, is is the PIF still continuing to flex to say, you know, we're serious about this, and you know, the ball play the ball our way. You know, here's that money. But you know, when we write the rules up and the schedules and redraft what we've redrafted, we're mm. going to have a, a fair say in what's going on here across both of these uh, entities. Um, is that their just little way of continuing to be able to flex that uh, that muscle? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm more interested to see a lot of things, but when it does pan out, you know, when these two organisations, you know, run this two tours, how it how it operates, you know, when this cross pollination between tours, how it happens, is there a Formula One esque global tour? You know, like, it's interesting. It's just been so interesting to listen to the different people that talk about this, uh, you know, a little bit further up the talk about this tree than, than we are and do a lot of research and their whole life is around this. They don't just turn up on a Tuesday night. Um, mm. You know, that they've been talking about World Tour and how it's going to be a good thing. The whole the whole sort of rhetoric has changed and it's now sort of accepted that we need this and it's got to happen and stuff that a lot of people, you know, have been saying for a while, but a lot of these people are now saying that it's going to be great. We're saying that 
all of this, it should go away and, and we don't need it. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. My, I think that when it does come together, I think this is what I would see, that Live exists, PGA Tour exists, you've got the elevated events as they are on the PGA Tour side, you've got the Live, and there's going to be some uh, access to the elevated events on the PGA Tour side by qualifying Live players. So they're, they're what they're doing, you know, this individual event part of it, you know, they're going to be able mm. to qualify for X amount of positions, you now whether the fields get lengthened, you know, because they're 80-player fields, maybe they get to 90, and there's always 10 spots for live players to who qualify through their tour to come and play in these elevated events. The other events get left for, you know, the also-ran PGA Tour players and... You know, maybe maybe there's some of the, the second rank of live players that will play and have access to the other events. And, you know, we start to get this cross-pollination by merit um, yep. across both tours. How the PGA Tour players then potentially feed, you know, come the other way into the live, if that was ever a both-way type of thing. It doesn't sound like it is going to be. I think if you're on the PGA Tour that, you know, you'll stay there and you won't go that way, but the former PGA Tour players will want to come back this way, obviously, for that mm. OWGR situation and to help with the um, – get those players access to majors and so on and so forth. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I think that part's going to be interesting to see uh, how it pans out. I've heard a few different sort of versions of what I've just articulated. Not, I don't think I've heard what I articulated, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, figuring it out one way or another where, where um, there is some kind of cross-pollination I think is uh, is the right result. Um, I would have preferred it to be well different, but I think that we are where we are. And and, and so now I would say, yeah, okay, so let's figure out a way to kind of let people in and, in, in and out on both sides. Um, so we do have the best players um, whether that's 10 from live or five or whatever the number yeah. is um you know coming into that that mix then then that's got to be the best thing for for me as a viewer yeah. um uh that's what I'd want to see yeah um but you know whether that happens in I mean I can't see how that's going to happen in 24 Roscoe and I can't see how it's going to happen in 25 like I think we're we you know we're still a couple of years away from it really rolling out like for whatever it's worth, it might not be worth or mean anything. Their contracts that live apparently all, most of them expire in 25. Um, so, you know, that could be a mark, that could be a timeline. Um, yep. But to re restart it all again and blow it up and and uh, design it from scratch, that, I mean, that's what I, I love to see that happen. It's actually just, just blow it all up, start again, have a team format, um, uh, set aside for a certain period of time in the year. And I think we spoke about that like two years ago, right? Mm. Like in the fall series or, or, you know, in the fall timeline, just playing a team event, which is more like exhibition and and really have some fun with it. Um, and and have a and, – and that maybe that's the world tour or like different stops around the world for on both levels of tour, let's say, or both, you know, yeah, competitions, team and individual. Um I would love to see him just blow it up and start again. Well, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, there's many schools of thought as we've discussed and uh, it gives us something to talk about week in, week out. This week it's another player apparently dropping over to live and uh, and the fact that uh, as at last time I looked at least, uh, their website didn't have all of this information on there and they're 48 hours away from kicking off one of their events. 
uh, I assume that all of the infrastructure and all of the team and everything's all set up. So um, anyway, it's going to be interesting to see when maybe that's part of the part of the strategy. They just roll out the players and, you know, here are the ones that you've been waiting for and, you know, they've purposely kept it quiet so they can have a little bit more uh, media impact, you know, so that all the eyes of the world do actually see these players who are allegedly reported to be going do turn up. I don't know. Um, you know, nice. I'll I'll consume live like I always have. You know, I'll, I'll tune in for the hour or so that I allocate to watching that style of golf, and I'll get my fix daily, and I'll see most of uh, what's going on, and and then I'll switch out and maybe watch the end and see the result. But uh, you know, like I have, I'm not going to watch it from start to finish for the f- six hours that it runs, um, especially at the different time zones. But you know, I'll be able to get a chunk of it and see a lot of stuff, and and move on and and that's i'm okay with that um yep. yeah fair All right. enough mate we didn't come back to the uh pebble beach the signature event pebble beach yeah. pro-am so this is the first time that they're doing an 80 player no cut event roscoe mm-hmm. um so big money on the line 20 million dollars four million dollars to the winner and that is the same winning uh the same purse for the winner as the live event um coincidentally um so yeah playing across pebble beach and spyglass hill Yes, I those courses, Roscoe. Uh, no, I play, <laughs> maybe on a simulated environment, but definitely not in real life. Uh, but this yeah, year it's different courses. because it's only two courses, not three courses. Correct. Uh, yeah. So it rotates across those, and the pro am status has changed as well. You know, you're used to being um, familiar with all of the high rollers and big movie stars and whatever playing for the f- four days. So most of them will play for the four days. Now, it's only a two day pro am event, so the last two days, I believe, are going to be. A bit more serious with uh, just the pros playing and and uh, the amateurs being restricted back. So, AT and T putting a lot more effort into this. You know, they want to change the the impact of this tournament. You know, it's a now a signature adventure, as we said, but it's had a signature, a course. You know, like mm. love it or hate Pebble Beach, and you know, it's one of these places that gets a little bit of a mixed reaction as a golf course but I think in, in, in a spectacle everyone likes to see golf at Pebble Beach you know it is a icon course a, a golden age no, maybe it's not a golden age but it's an icon course on the tour so at and yep. really want to elevate this tournament and the course and use all of that uh, beauty that exists at Pebble Beach and the history that exists at Pebble Beach to uh, bring that event back to you know being truly what that stop should be and uh, you know hence they've got you know, the guys, the No Line Art guys left on Sunday, flew mm. straight to LA, missed their connection to LA, had to drive a car up to Pebble Beach because they're doing live shows. That's all part of AT&T's investment in their sponsorship and, and the media strategy. So all of the right. guys have just left Australia, gone straight up to Pebble Beach and doing live shows from up there. But uh, unfortunately missed <laughs> missed their connection because it was uh, 53 minutes late out of leaving um Melbourne or Sydney, mate, one of the two, wherever that Surely the big bus can make up the 53 minutes, mate. But uh, missed the connection. Missed the connection. Um, yeah, so hey, just to run through how people got in this event because I think it's it's just interesting and it's a bit different to where how it's been in the past, but we've had so 80 players in the field, as we said, the top 50 from the 2023 FedEx Cup finishes, so they're in. And then, as we know, we talked about the FedEx Cup fall Events so the numbers fifty one to sixty on that FedEx Cup standing from the fall standings they're in. Um, we've got the top finisher on the twenty twenty three race to Dubai, not otherwise exempt. That's um, Nikolai Hoygaard. Um, 
We've had the Aeon Swing just complete with uh, the tournament winners not otherwise exempt. So that's Dunlop. Uh, Dunlap, sorry, he's in. Um, and he turned pro, by the way. Did we, did yeah, we see did, that? Yeah, we, we did talk about yeah. that. Yep. Um, players inside the top 30 on the official OWGR, not otherwise exempt. That's JT. Um, and four sponsor exemptions. So this adds up to 72 players. And then we've got eight spots that are filled via the fill the field category, which I thought was really interesting. Um, and so they they went to 62 to 69 on the FedEx Cup fall standing. So that's Norrin, Thomas Dietrich, Mark Hubbard, Eric Van Royen, Brandon Wu, Davis Riley, SH Kim and Mitchell, Keith Mitchell, um, respectively. And we've got uh, Matthew Pavon, Grayson Murray, Christian Bazunenaut, Kevin Yu and Stephen Yeager will all, uh, they're the top five of the um, – uh, FedEx Cup points earners across the last three full field events, being the Sony, the American, and the Farmers Insurance. So that's how everyone got there. Um, now it's time to go out and uh, and play well and bank some coin. Look, I think everyone knows Pebble Beach well enough by now. We've seen it for Played years. It twice, I know. Uh, play, yeah, uh, sorry, play, sorry, sorry, I, I've sorry. forgotten. Sorry, I, you teed me up there to to say, uh, have you played it, Scott? And, of course, you have. Um, maybe I avoided it on purpose. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, no, you've, you've told us that story many times before, Scott, about the Pebble Beach and you missed it and you couldn't go and then you was finally went and you cut your hand. Yeah, no. What happened again? You cut your finger? I can't my finger. I'm, we're, we're an hour and uh, – well, I could, talk, I could talk for hours about this one, Roscoe. Maybe no. this is a special pod on its own. But um, uh, I did. I cut my finger. Cut finger but, yeah. anyway, ended up playing with one – yeah, you know, basically one hand. I can't, I can't remember what I did an hour ago, but I remember you cut your finger at Pebble Beach. Uh, there you go. Uh, that's on episode 217 or something like that if you want to go back to that. Um, yeah, but anyway, we know Pebble Beach. Small greens, several beautiful co- coals around the uh, coastline, the signature par, three, seventh down the hill, about 90 metres, uh, depending on the wind. Um, you know, they the saw a bloke with a driver the other week in a howling gale, hole out with a driver. Um Usually about a wedge or something Crazy. like that. So yeah. if you, I've seen a few hole in ones, simulated hole in ones at uh, and this hole. It's a popular course for the simulator golfers. And um, but yeah, it's tricky green power ball bounces yep. different ways. Um, the, the grass leaf grows between the morning and the afternoon. Obviously, the greens get a little bit spiked up because PGA Tour players still need to wear steel spikes um, as well. By do. the way, yeah, crazy. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it throws up all that nuance, uh, deep, rough, beautiful fairways. Pebble Beach, it's Pebble Beach, you know, it's uh, up there in the Monterey Peninsula. You can't fly a drone up there. Um, Will Watt told me a great story how he popped his drone up up that way one day and some, within a minute someone was there saying, you got you guy with the drone up, we, we, we know who you are, so we know it's yours and get it down now. So um, wow. all that sort of stuff. Uh, so, looking, man, who's your tip? Who's your tip? Oh, dear. Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, I can't tip, Jason. Am I, is my tip tip or my tapes to tip? This is your tapes to tip, mate. We're only doing tapes to tips here. This is just real business. <sighs> so you have to think about it. I'm going to talk about mine. So okay. um, I am going to go with uh, a young fellow who took out the 2019 amateur US Open there, um, Victor Hovland. So... Um, Signature event, you've got to take a big name, Roscoe, and I think Victor is the man. He likes the course. Um, he's won that amateur title there, and I 
I'm going to lock him in. And this is my time to use Victor. Hopefully he wins and then I can use him again at a major. It's Monday night, Scott. It's too early in the week for me to uh, call a tip. Too early in the week. I'm probably going to... You've got to give me one for Europe to, still too. I don't think you gave me one for Europe last week. But. I might just say Hoygaard and I cover all bases. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll just say Hoygaard and cover all bases. Okay, you've got Hoygaard on both. Uh, if, it cha- if it changes, I'll put a statement out. <laughs> well, Very I, good, mate. I like Victor Hovland, but that's I forgot about Victor with his win there previously. Uh, yeah. Scott, thanks very much for joining us again, and uh, please go and listen to Car Path Only on uh, the My Love of Golf podcast, uh, Season 1, Episode 1. Send Scott your notes of encouragement and ask him to do more. Uh, as we said, it's all about the content, and uh, you'll see a little bit from us uh, over the week. Uh, from the Vic Open. We'll try and do something down there. That might be a photo. It might be an interview. It might be just the two of us having a chat. It might be a picture of a bushel. Who knows? But uh, we'll do something. <laughs> we'll do something. But, uh, Scott, if that's all from you, it's definitely all from me. I've got to go and pack my bags. I've got a 7 o'clock ferry, beautiful ferry. I think I mentioned that several times. Not part of the sponsorship. Um, we'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast. And until then, play well and enjoy your golf. And uh, we'll catch you then.